Welcome, Pleasure Dome listeners, to yet another podcast. This time we are joined... Wow, let's try that again. (laughs) Oh, we're starting off strong, aren't we? Beep! Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. podcast listeners to yet another pleasure dome i'm wendy this is melissa hello and we are joined this week by my husband our special guest christopher aka monty bowlesby aka squeegee aka squeegee yes melissa and my husband went to high school together and she actually knows him by his high school name of squeegee yes and I have invited my husband to join us this evening. We have invited him to join us because, unsurprisingly, he's a movie geek. Mm -hmm. So he is here with us this evening. Now, this Pleasure Dome is brought to you by Montecchio Crianza. We are drinking a Rioja. 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 By Montecchio Crianza. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it doesn't matter because with a name like that, it's bound to be good. Oh, yes. It's... It's lovely. And the label it's is robust. The label is very attractive too. Yes. So yes. and if you don't know how to spell Montecchio, then I don't know, talk to an Italian. Is that Italian it's or Spanish? Is it Spanish? Mm. Yeah. It's some sort of romance language. Let's it's, not be it's, judging. It's it's a something and it's delicious. Mm. It truly is. I give mm-hmm. it a thumbs up. Ooh. Our topic for this podcast is <laughs> movies that scarred us as children. <laughs> Because for years, I have listened to my husband, where most of us, especially of my age bracket, revere Steven Spielberg and his classics of the 1980s. My husband finds them to be terrifying thanks to early childhood experiences. (laughs) And so I thought it was time that we talked about it. And it seems like a really good topic. The movies that totally freaked us out as kids. Mm -hmm. So, honey, what was the most terrifying and scarring movie of your childhood again? Well, obviously E.T. And I'd (laughs) just like to point out that I'm not the only person of my particular year of birth who was as affected by this movie as I was. Um, Our our friend Susie, also terrified, and I've met other people as well. There's something about the four-year-old psyche watching a kid that's just slightly older than they are finding a creature in the gutter... Zal White taking it home, being scared that your mom is going to find out, mom walking in, you're there in your underwear. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think. I can't wait a minute. So the most terrifying part of that, I think, is actually your mom walking in on you in your underwear. With an alien in the bathtub. Okay, alien in the bathtub. Yeah, that's an important quality. There's some Freudian stuff going on. Anyway, so, but I think we're dying. It's a man from the moon. And then all the crazy people with the space suits start coming in through the windows. It's it's effing scary. It's you, terrifying. You can say fucking on this podcast. I honey. know, but that's your job here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> E.T. and, okay, my husband is eight years younger than me, so whereas he saw it when he was four, I saw it when I was 12. That makes it sound so wrong. Yes, but it's so right in so many ways, my darling. Um, I saw it when I was 12, and that said, while it didn't scar me for life, I will say when those motherfuckers in those creepy hazmat suits just walked through the windows, I did freak out. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the most terrifying thing in that movie is totally the hazmat dudes. Yeah. Oh, God. Walkie-talkies or guns, it doesn't matter. No, I, I, hazmat I, dudes. That, that is scary, but when they find him and and he's all white and he's on the gutter, man, that is the, that is the scariest part. It's like, what the what happened to him? Mm-hmm. War, uh, uh, he looks creepy so... and dead. I mean, he's creepy to begin with, and now he's creepy. Is he okay? I don't... Uh... Wait a minute. You weren't in love with him and thought he was cute? No. <laughs> well, he four, is I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, he's the first kind of movie horrifying. I saw in the theater. Well, in the, the first the... movie you saw in the theater was E.T.? Was E.T., yes. Oh, my, my dad, God. Dad sold it to me as... It's about a boy who wants a spaceman as a pet. I'm like, well, that's weird. Why would anyone want an astronaut as a pet? Because they're humans. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hadn't heard that part of it. Why would you want an astronaut? Those are people. Well, and the and the thing about that movie is, is the first what half hour is filmed kind of like a horror film. Oh I mean, yeah, they, totally they, is. They find Ed in that cornfield. The cornfield with terrifying. the smoke, which is why signs just like totally brought back crazy trigger stuff for me. <laughs> <laughs> so Et needs to come with a trigger warning for you. <laughs> I, I love the early Spielberg that loved horror. And I, I think there is a certain hearkening back to like Grimm's fairy tales with that because oh yeah because I mean it, clearly he was making stuff for a mass audience but he understood you didn't have to necessarily softball that stuff mm. and for all that it scarred you yeah you were a little young for it for the eight to twelve set oh yeah, that totally, totally played Rock yeah on. yeah life is a little bit scary it would be a little freaky to meet an alien it'd be awesome. But I would probably pee my pants when I first met him. Oh yeah, and I and I love that ET, the, the alien design, was very actively designed to look like something that is clearly not a human suit. Yeah, this is yeah. not a human being in a suit. This and, is something clearly alien. And you have to admit that. To this day, the animatronics and puppeteering that went into the ET creature are world-class. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Totally convincing even today. Uh-huh. But that's what made Spielberg so great is he understood kids aren't going to buy it unless you scare them a little bit because kids, especially in that 8 to 12, know the world is a scary place. And if you yeah. want me to believe your, your, sta- your story, your fairy tale, first you have to scare me a little bit. Which is yeah. why Mac and Me is such a travesty. So I want to talk for a little bit about the movie that most scarred me as a child. Okay. Now, I'm a little older than my husband, 
and I, I was born in 1970. And the movie that to this day, if you said, what is the movie that most terrified you in your life? It's going to be The Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1970s version with Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. And it's it because... awesome. Well, now that I'm an adult and I can watch it, it's brilliant. Yeah. But if you are... How, when, what, move, what year did that come out? 77? That's probably about right. Okay. So I, I know I was in that six to seven range. With, with Sutherland? <laughs> no. It was the same year that Superman the movie came out. And I'll tell you... 78. Okay. And I'll tell you why I know that. So my father, and I believe I've mentioned on the podcast before that my father is a complete fucking asshole, right? Mm-hmm. The divorce had already gone through and my father had visitation with us kids and we were going to go see a movie. Now, I was a timid child and I did not like scary movies. This I know, <laughs> oh, right? Oh, boy. I know. Oh, boy. Okay. I credit the woman I am today to my mother. But at the time, I didn't like scary movies. And so whenever there was something scary on the screen, my mother and I had a deal. And that was that I would cover my eyes and she would tell me when it was okay to look. And my mother, being a decent human being, would never fuck with me. My father, being a fucking asshole, totally decided, you know what would be funny? Is to watch my seven-year-old daughter cry in terror that would be the most entertaining thing i can think of so they took me to see they're like what do you want to go see and of course my two brothers are like i want to go see the scary movie and i'm like i want to see anything but that no we all went to see body snatches and i turned to my father with innocent trust and i'm like will you tell me when it's okay to look oh sure honey what an asshole so i sit down to watch this movie which is all about when you fall asleep <laughs> aliens take over your body and i was an imaginative little fucker too mm-hmm. and how do you know the aliens are taking over your body there's a little squeaking noise just to sort of ee noise that's all you get and my father decides of course that at the scariest points he's going to have me look so this movie traumatized me i had nightmares for weeks i'm pretty sure my mother was calling my my ex my father her ex-husband up like at least three times a week going i fucking hate you (laughs) because what would happen is i'd hear a squeaking noise in the house because houses never make squeaking noise I'd hear a squeaking noise and I would become convinced that there was an alien pod that was duplicating me and if I fell asleep, I would become an alien. And so I wouldn't sleep and I'd just start crying and my mother would have to come in and I didn't sleep for like two weeks until we saw Superman the movie. (laughs) At which point my mother, in a brilliant stroke of parental logic, I was crying in the middle of the night. I was completely freaked out. My, I remember this very vividly. My mother came to get me and she had picked me up and was holding me in her arms and I had wrapped around her like some tentacular, just it was all tentacles and gripping and just, ah, God, I'm terrified. And my mother pointed out, well, Superman. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, Superman would never let the aliens get you. (laughs) Is Superman fast enough to get here before the aliens get you? Well, yeah. And would Superman ever let an alien get you? No. So you know that Superman is out there. Yeah. So it's okay, honey. You can go to sleep and you know 
that you are going to be safe until the morning. And from then on, I slept like a baby. So I got to give my mom total props that she used movie logic on me. If you're going to be <laughs> terrified of one movie, you can use a different movie to totally offset that. And that is why when I finally saw the 50s invasion of the body snatchers, I loved it. It's still, I love it so much it's great. more. It's great. I love it so much more than the 70s one because there is always going to be seven-year-old me that hates that fucking movie. <laughs> That's also one of my scarring experiences was the 70s invasion of the body snatchers. See, I saw it messed way, up. I saw it older than you did, but it's a creepy movie. I mean, it's a really effective movie. Yeah. It's super duper effective. And then multiply that by being too young to watch it. And it just like hardwired my brain. Yeah. And, which means that all I have to do to express my entire sort of you are not us is to point my finger and open my mouth. And that's... <laughs> I pull a Donald Sutherland and you should know what I mean. Because everybody knows that, right? In my brain, everybody saw that scene. By the way, we totally just pointed at the microphone <laughs> and shrieked at it. <laughs> so, so, Melissa? Yeah. What, uh, am I sharing now? It's, it's my your turn. turn. My turn. turn. What, I feel what, like we should scared. each have shots, you know, as we tell one. We <laughs> as we, as we re- this, is, this is not a podcast. This is group therapy. This is group therapy. Um, I will start with... What is what, the earliest scarring the, experience? That's where I we're starting. No, no, no. I'll, I think I'm going to start with the one that's a TV show because oh. because I think I have a a good story about it. Okay. So when I was around in second grade or so, so about seven years old, I would about at this time, 1982ish. In Minneapolis, Monty Python's Flying Circus mm, would yeah. air on Channel 2, the public radio station, mm-hmm. at about 10.30 at night on Sunday. So as a second grader, <laughs> I really wasn't allowed to stay up until 10.30 at night. I would not on, let, I would not have let you stay up on, on, a, on a school night. No, no. So I'd get put to bed, and then I'd sneak downstairs... For some reason, I cultivated a taste for Monty Python's Flying Circus at age seven. But anyway, so I sneaked so downstairs. Weird. I know. So I sneaked downstairs, and we had this giant wood console TV with the big mm-hmm. clunky dials. Oh, yeah. chunk, chunk. So I'd carefully turn it on and turn on the volume really low, and I'd wait for Monty Python to come on. Well, the thing is, they'd, they'd show Doctor Who immediately in front of Monty Python. Those damn Which means I'd show up five minutes before Monty Python started, which means I'd I'd start watching at the end of Doctor Who, the terrifying cliffhanger ending of Doctor (laughs) Who every single goddamn week. Right as the Daleks are attacking. Right 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 as as the horrible things were attacking. So I'd hide behind the couch. the Centaurans, man. It's always the Centaurans. I'd hide behind the couch until Doctor Who was over, and then I'd come out and I'd watch... Uh, Monty Python about four inches away from the screen with the, the volume turned up really low. Oh, yeah. So the the thing that it, I think that scarred me the most was there was this one Doctor Who story and and there was this guy and he it looked like he was kind of turning into this lizard and he was on a spaceship and you know like his arm was turning green and it was creeping up his arm he was slowly turning into a bad guy and it was terrifying right never forgot it <laughs> so flash forward to my adult years like around the year 2002 <laughs> I'm in Madison Wisconsin 
and I'm sharing a hotel room at a science fiction convention with Michael Lee, who is a Doctor Who expert. Yes. Christopher Jones, who is a Doctor Who expert. And Alicia Lemonian, who later married Michael Lee, who is also a Doctor, Doctor Who, Who expert. expert. None right? of these are exaggerations. No, they no. literally are. They experts. literally are. Like if you ask Michael Lee what episode um, in 1956. Yeah, what what episode number was this storyline? You go, oh, episode GGG. And, and I it's can like, tell oh you, my god, I can tell you who wrote it and who directed it and who started it. Yeah, the, this level of nerddom, and I'd never gotten into Doctor Who because of my scarring experiences with it when I was a child. And so I did like, not notice that we explained were, so much. We were we were in this hotel room, we were all trying to sleep because we had a like a long night of drinking and and carousing at this science fiction convention and lights are going out and it was kind of the good night John boy sort of uh-huh. l- long Minnesota goodbye until we all fell asleep. And for some reason I started telling this story and I started describing this episode. So there's this guy, and his arm is turning green. He's slowly turning into this monster. And all three of them, in unison, go arc in space. <laughs> I think we should so, in so, honor to that. So the, so the next week, when we're all back home, they all got together, and they showed me arc in space <laughs> off of DVD. And it's... And I'm sitting there screaming at the screen. It was bubble wrap. He is being eaten <laughs> by bubble wrap. It's bubble wrap. What the fuck? And all of my illusions of childhood came crashing to the ground. <laughs> at least my scarring experience does actually hold up upon repeat viewing. Yes, mine does not. <laughs> oh, that's I, so I feel sad. so cheated of my childhood terrors. <laughs> What else is was what else was scarring? Uh, I, I believe it's Monty's turn. Well, Doctor Who definitely also scar- scarred me. I'm not oh, exactly yeah. sure which alien it was, but there was an episode. I know it was a Tom Baker episode because I recognized the scarf, and we had, <laughs> we had switched from Grandma's soap operas during lunchtime to Channel Two so that I could watch either. Fred Rogers or Sesame Street. I can't remember which came on first. Um, but just preceding that was Doctor Who. And there was is the end of the episode, like you said, and it was some creature with a space helmet on and his head inside the space helmet was deflating. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> Grandma! be so messed up also four years old mm. so mm. so yeah in four years that's that's when you develop your fears another yeah. okay not so deeply scarring but i have it's again a very vivid memory my parents were still married okay mm-hmm. and we were living in eagle nebraska which is about 10 miles outside of lincoln nebraska and I remember it was late at night, right before bedtime. My parents were back in their bedroom, but the TV was on. And I was out in the living room alone, and a a trailer came on for a movie. Mm-hmm. And it was this sort of ding, 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 sort of lullaby, calliope music, mm-hmm. right? Like some sort of mobile, like a baby mobile would make, mm-hmm. right? As it twirls around above the baby's crib. And there was a bassinet 
a white bassinet and a black background and this voiceover with, you know, the voice of all trailers, you know, blah, talking about, blah, and it, blah, and it was born and blah. And that slowly the camera pans around to the other side of the bassinet and there's a hand on the side of the crib, but it's not a baby hand. It's a claw. Ah. <laughs> and the music goes creepy and the just blares across the bottom. It's alive. And I ran oh. screaming to my parents' bedroom. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I ran screaming to my parents' bedroom. Eventually, when I was like a teenager, I finally tracked it down on video and watched it. And whether or not it's actually good, it was about these mutant babies. And they are born with this claw and they start killing people immediately and escape from hospitals. Now, bear in mind, they're newborns, which... Yeah. What? And they're crawling around. And the scene I remember from the movie is there's one of them and he's hiding under a parked car on the side of a street while teenagers walk by and he and he comes out and he kills them. And it meant that for the rest of that summer, I walked in the middle of the street at night because all I could think about was that stupid ass baby and it's cough. <laughs> But babies are terrifying. The claw. Right down to it. Babies are actually a little bit. They are. The well, only... you, you work that parasite angle. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that makes Alien so terrifying. Is and Rosemary's whole... Baby. Uh, oh. Well, and even Prometheus. The part that yeah. worked about Prometheus was uh. the idea of there is something growing inside me, and I do not want it, and yeah. get it out of me. Back to embryos and other movies that have scarred people. <laughs> 2000, 2001 and 2010 with The Star Child. Really? If you, don't, if you don't know what's going on, if you're too young to understand what's going on, there's the whole embryo thing. It's very much a gray, gray alien kind of a... Is it a gray alien or is it an embryo? The giant eyes, humanoid shape. Um, and, of course, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The aliens that come out of the... Oh, yeah, yeah, are very embryonic yeah. in, in I nature. N- Although, to, be, to be fair, by the time I got to that point in, for, in uh, Close Encounters, I wasn't scared. The scary shit in Close Encounters for me was mailboxes. Oh, oh no, God. No, it's totally the abduction scene with all of the toys and the child. Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah, that I, even and watching so that at that point, I the... shut down. Yeah. Even I'm if... like, I can't watch the rest of this... I watched that with my hands over my eyes. I'm just going to that in my head forever. Even now I Until I was 12 years old. With my hands over my eyes. I'm like, oh, I remember this part. It's super scary. I kind of don't want to watch it. You know, there was a group that um, did short films that were parodies of like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg films back in the day. Oh, really? So like they distribute this stuff on 35mm film and like school kids loved it. We'd get prints of it in our these short films at our school and one of them was called closet encounters of the nerd kind and i'm sure it's probably on youtube by now but it's like 10 15 minutes long and and it's this total slapstick spoof <laughs> of these movies there was a star wars one and yeah yeah we need to look this shit up and I totally just had a flashback to grade school here we need to make sure we put links to those oh, yeah, videos yeah, yeah. on the show notes yeah we totally oh. will. But I remember the poster from Close Encounters with the road going to the light with the stars and just Close Encounters and being like, 
I don't know why, but I'm fascinated. And then, and then my mom foolishly took me to see it, and I was both terrified and elated. By the time I got to the end, it was okay, but the beginning part of that movie oh, is yeah. horrifying. Yeah, yeah. And for years, I had a specific memory of Richard Dreyfus looking at his pillow on his bed, and the pillow looked like the mountain, and he was <laughs> staring at it. And then, but then in, when they would show it on TV, that scene wasn't in there. And then the first release on VHS, that scene wasn't in there. And it wasn't until years later when they finally put out a special edition with some of the extra scenes mm-hmm. that I saw that scene again. I'm like, I wasn't dreaming it. It did happen. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So about that same era of filmmaking, one of the other scarring films for me was this little movie that like nobody remembers these days but it's called Watcher in the Woods no I remember that with Betty Davis with Betty Davis yeah yeah back when Disney would make horror movies I know like they would make a made for the family horror movie Disney made Black Hole and Watcher in the Woods oh Black Hole is so awesome yeah it's a terrible movie now but no No, it still was awesome it was awesome it's terrible but it's awesome just the same yeah also kind of so tell me but, about Watcher in the Woods because now, now Watcher in the Woods, um, <laughs> I, I've revisited it, it in my uh, adult years, and it's not nearly as impressive as it once was. But I found it very creepy because it it centers on God. Is it a family on vacation? Is it a brother I, and a sister? It's been it's been since yeah. my childhood. So yeah, it's I don't like know. a family on vacation, and the teenage girl a young teenage girl goes investigating and there's like strange supernatural things afoot and there's a creepy old lady in the house which happens to be Betty Davis which is awesome and and how great is it that like between this and um, Harvest Home, which was on oh, TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, I was exposed to Betty Davis and had no idea who this awesome wo- woman was. And then, you know, eventually in my life, I come upon, like, all about Eve. And yeah. I'm like, so oh, Betty Davis, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but you were talking mm-hmm. about Watcher, Watcher in the, the Woods. Woods. Yeah, it's, it's a nicely creepy kind of gothic horror film for kids is there is there a scene where the kid sees a name backwards in a mirror i seem to remember something like that there's or a wait, lot wait, of Narek there, there's a lot of things karen yes Narek versus okay because i remember i yes, have seen yes, this movie yes, yes, i was like eight and i was terrified yeah and there there are things like <laughs> shattered glass and cuts uh-huh, glass yeah yeah and, yeah and there's a thing with a shape that they're trying to trace down i, I almost don't want to watch mirrors. it because i'm sure it won't be nearly as scary oh no it, it, it's not it's not although it's fascinating for other reasons okay it, it is worth watching in your adult age but it doesn't have that same gravitas as it had okay now okay. i want to dig out candle shoes starting Jodie Foster oh, watch Jesus. that again <laughs> right after we watch let's have a Disney right. a 70s Disney night that, right. Well, there, there right was, after there we was, watch Pumpkinhead there was one like five movie movie marathon ahead of my house once that was all Disney horror movies of kind of oh, that, that same like era a blast. that was a lot of fun and I just throw bread, bed noms and broomsticks in yeah just cause just to f with people well because yeah. bed noms and broomsticks is kind of terrifying it, it kind of is. Eh, okay, anyway, but you were talking but, about Watcher in the Woods. But yeah, Watcher in the Woods. I mean, I was I was always kind of really impressed by that. But yeah, it terrified me as a as a kid, and and I, it kind of falls. The feeling it gave me kind of 
felt like when I watched Dark Crystal for the first time in the theater when it first came out. I mean, that oh. that kind of really fascinated and yet also terrified by what I was seeing. Kind there, of that glimpse into a larger world of, there are things I don't know. Yeah. And I don't understand. And what if they're kind of magical? Yeah. Well, also, it's, also it's, something really interesting about both those movies, kind of female-centric. I mean, I know yeah. Dark Crystal uh, has a male main character, but he has the, the female, female character as a catalyst. And if you didn't have yeah. the female character, the, yeah, the story wouldn't it, occur. It's a team. Yeah. It, but Watcher in the Woods definitely centers about this girl. Yeah. yeah. And so as a kid of five years old when Watcher in the Woods came out and I saw this thing in the theater as I seem to recall. It, oh. <laughs> that, was, that was quite a thing. Melissa's already brought up Dark Crystal. Yeah, oh, we should yeah. all talk about because Dark Crystal. Because Dark Crystal scared the crap out of me as a kid. Did uh, it, wait, the, okay, so it scared you. Did it scare you, Melissa? I was pretty terrified. Okay, although, I, I, I mean, mean, how much older am I than you? Um. Well, you're only one year older than me. I'm I seventy-eight. Born... No, I'm I'm seventy-five. Okay, oh. so I'm five years older than you. So yes. that might be the difference because when yeah. I saw Dark Crystal, there was all this hype about it coming out, right? Because of the Muppets oh, and Jim so Henson yeah. and blah blah it's blah. Just gorgeous. And I mean, I love the film now, but. At the age I was, I was bored with it. It hit yeah. me. It hit me all wrong. So you it's two were terrified, slow. and I was like, "This movie is not doing anything." And I mean that literally. Nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. Why is nothing happening? Because <laughs> it's super slow. Now, oh, as an really adult, is. I can watch it and I can enjoy how beautiful it is and the mythology that is being created. Mm. And I almost wish that there were like spin off books and stuff. What year was that? That was, I want to say, 1984. And now that's Frood, right? The, yeah, yeah, that's Brian Froud. Yeah, but but the, there's a thing that surfaced on the internet within the last year that's very interesting a team of people or a person uh, as YouTube happens to, to nope it was 82 82 okay. also the, the magical same year as ET 82 so, so you would so have anyway. been 4 you would have been was Lucas, 7 yeah. no, what was Lucas's role in that then if he he was just a producer producer okay. executive producer. and I would have been 12 which means I would have been crap. totally cynical no wonder yeah, that totally. movie didn't hit me so, so anyway um, within the last <laughs> year so a funny. team of people or a person basically spliced took all of the test footage and edited out footage from Dark Crystal and took, went back to like the original script and reconstructed what the Dark Crystal was originally envisioned to be. Fascinating. Oh. It's on YouTube, it, or at least last time I checked, it's on YouTube. Okay, put the YouTube in the show notes. Yeah, yeah I will. And it's pretty much the entire Dark Crystal, but the the way the story is told... She'll come across that in reminder. The, the way the story is told is very, very different from what was released. I bet. Like, the Skeksis, you don't know what they're saying. They're not translated. They don't speak oh, English. The Podlings? The, the Podlings are treated a little bit differently. The the introduction to the, um, the mystics, mystics is very different. Um, it unfolds in a very different way. Fascinating stuff. Really fascinating. Well, I mean, I've had occasion recently. Okay, so Tim Wick and I are working on Top Gun the musical, right? Mm -hmm. So I pulled up the Top Gun original script. Yeah. It is vastly different than the movie we all know. I bet it is. 
I mean, just like, first off, it's like a thousand pages. And I'm like, there is not that much that happens in this movie. Let's <laughs> yeah. be honest. The volleyball scene shouldn't take this long to write. <laughs> so, yeah. So I am, I've been enjoying recently the idea of what a script starts as and yeah. what it finishes as. Yeah. The original script for Dark Crystal feels much more like a Brian Froud Yeah. Property. Yeah, I mean, for all that I love The Dark Crystal because it does have that dark edge, I am quite sure that Brian's original vision was a lot darker. It, it's very fascinating, and, and, it, and it feels like a huge world. Yeah, and... It's amazing. And that's a world that you could go back and play, and I wish yeah. somebody had thought to do that before now. I've given you the idea, somebody Not take it. Not that we it. know any puppeteers. Hello, Gordon. So, Explorers. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of movies... Explorers. Well, to... Because to, I loved to, your story about this. Well, to your to your point earlier that you were terrified by It Lives. Just a trailer. It's alive. All I had it's to see the was trailer. the commercial. I never saw Explorers. In fact, I think I might have gone to see the Explorers in order to, while I was going to see some other... I'm, I think I got... I think I saw the trailer for Explorers before I saw... The Dark Crystal, which is also fucked up, but so um, you were just primed. To yeah, I was just go. primed to go home and cry for three weeks, and um, but I saw the <laughs> I saw the trailer for the Explorers. And it's like okay, the kids they discover something cool. It's exciting, but it's also mysterious. And then oh, they build a spaceship. Okay, so they build a spaceship, and then they're up on another spaceship, and then oh my, what are they on another planet? We don't know. Uh, there's something creepy and slimy in the distance and it's crawling and then and then the, the title <laughs> <laughs> and then they were eaten and we don't know what happens next you'll have to see the movie but I'm not going to see that because it's scary <laughs> and so I didn't see it till I was 34 <laughs> and that is actual truth I think I showed you Explorers it's true it's such a cute movie with Ethan Hawke that's right and everybody else and River Phoenix and uh, not River Phoenix no it is River not yeah, Joaquin it's, River. it's yeah, River Phoenix it's not Joaquin. and oh who else is in that who's the third oh it's that dark haired tough kid it, he doesn't matter he didn't have a the dark haired tough kid <laughs> Okay, Melissa, what else? What mm, else mm. terrified and horrified you as a child? I'm going back to the TV well, um, because during the early 80s, there were a long string of TV movies that it came into contact with that were... Yes. Yeah. So so one of the ones that I remember... In, in the 80s, yeah. if you didn't have the money to get fully funded to make a feature film... You could still make a made-for-TV movie or miniseries. That was actually a medium. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or a miniseries. And they would spend millions for these things because there were only still really three TV channels and they knew people would watch. And so they would foot the bill to make these miniseries. And there would be good TV movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were some really really great ones. ones. Not not saying that Dark Knight of the Scarecrow was one, but but I certainly did see Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Well, TV miniseries were event watching like The Thorn Birds or um, Winds of War. North versus South. North versus South. Oh, yeah. Um, So all the 80s, the 80s was populated with TV miniseries, but one of the first ones was... 
I remember this. It was on a lot. Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. Wasn't one of the first ones? Yeah. Okay. So so Salem's Lot is one of the two I was going to talk because about. Because it was one of the earliest ones. 1980. Now, it wasn't event TV yet, but I remember when it was on, and I remember everybody talking about it. Well, this was when Stephen King's star just exploded. Yeah. And, and I was... <laughs> Even as young as I was, I was on that Stephen King fascination thing because my mom was an avid Stephen King reader. And And I would see these novels on her bedside dresser and the the covers would terrify me and fascinate me. So I'd steal away with these novels and start reading them. (laughs) And, And my mom's going, well, she's like seven and reading a novel if she understands it well i suppose it's okay <laughs> so no, so she's not she'd let me read these things well, on the one well, hand my, be... ch- my seven-year-old inner self is like yes let me read it and now my older parent self is like fucking take that away that's stupid why would you let a kid read that they're gonna well, have nightmares well to be fair Mom would read them all before I got my hands on them. So there were some that she would not let me read. Like Thinner, I never got my hands on. Thinner or, is awful. Oh yeah, my God. Thinner is a bad book. But like Pet Cemetery, I wasn't able to read Pet Cemetery until much later. Pet Cemetery still gives me nightmares. Yeah. Pet Cemetery is I'm not saying it's a great book, but the concept is enough to make me go. I, I had nightmares about pets that I never actually owned. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I was a big pet lover, so Mom's like, yeah, you don't get to read this one until you're older. But here's Night Shift. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So Salem's Lot comes on TV in 1980. <laughs> oh, dear. And so you would have been five. I was five, and I was watching this because Mom was watching it. And, you know, it's on TV, so it can't be that bad, right? No. So there's, like, this dead kid floating around outside the window of another kid who's still alive and the dead kid's like scratching at the window to get in you know it's this this total vampire thing I need to revisit it. You know, like James Mason was in it and David Soul. I remember David, David Soul. Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> yes, yes. He also yes. had a very brief musical career. Wait. Don't, don't give up on us, baby. We've still got one more try. I am fascinated that you remember that. I have a brain for the weirdest shit. Oh, wow. Okay, speaking of TV movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, This was also the era when they would take blockbusters and put them, they would edit them for TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how my mom got me, broke me to horror movies. And I say broke me in the term of how you break a horse, right? In, in, In a positive way. I knew that people watched horror movies and I kind of knew that I should probably be able to do this. But I was terrified of them. Like when they showed Alien on uh, TV, mm-hmm. even the edited for TV movie, I was in the bedroom with the door shut and the radio on so I couldn't even hear the soundtrack ah. reading a book while my ah. mom was watching it. In the t- and my brothers, too, were watching it. And I'm like, I cannot handle that shit. How my mom broke me to horror movies was they showed Exorcist. <laughs> Oh, no. On TV. Oh, I, I so have a story to follow yours. Go for it. And my mom, of course, as we know, as I've already mentioned, we made a deal. If it's scary, I'm going to close my eyes 
And when it's okay to look, you will tell me and it will be okay to look. So it was on TV. So it's already edited to shit. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. like the movie lover in me looks back on that and is just horrified that they were even try to show the yeah, exorcist there, There's on no broadcast. crucifix in the vagina or anything. Yeah. Like why that. would you even try to show the exorcist on TV? It was a rated X movie and you're going to cut it down for TV audiences. But my mom would sit on the couch and she would pull her legs up and I... I crawled behind her legs, so I am, I am cocooned behind her by like three fourths of her body, and she. We have this little blanket, right, that's covering her, and then I've got pulled up to my chin, and whenever anything starts to scare me, I pull the blanket up over my eyes, mm-hmm. but I can still hear the fucking movie, which when you think about it is worse, but I was too young to know that. Your mother's in here with us, Karis. Yeah, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) My mom... My mom had seen the movie, so she would also give me a heads up in advance, like, you might not want to watch this part, honey. Oh, good to know, mom. And I'd put the blanket over my eyes, and I'd just be like, not looking and not looking. And then the constant refrain. You know how kids will be like, are we there yet? Are we here that? I'm like, is it okay to look? Is it okay to look? No. No. It's still, no, it's really not. And if I said, you can look now. And I would put it down. And then, of course, all i do is go, what happened? (laughs) What happened? The scene versus the unseen. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Um, Just need to call back to Jaws. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, Jaws, yeah. And of course, we need to make a we need to make an homage to the TV movie. Now that we're talking about TV series and and things that messed us up, and and Spielberg's original, I mean, his breakout directorial debut, right? With with Duel. Yes, Jaws Duel's with trucks. Amazing. Which, um, and you never see the driver. Never it, ever see the driver. That's you, there is no reason for this truck to be chasing you, and that's what's terrifying. It's why Steven Spielberg, in a way, is a master of horror. Well, yeah, I mean, he she she made it scarier. Wendy made it scarier for herself by not looking at the screen. The and known what, is always more comfortable than the unknown. Yep, and that's what makes Alien one of the most successful horror films of all time. Is you barely see anything precisely and, and when you do and the 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 scene with the bursting out yeah, of the chest yeah the people didn't know what was going to happen oh no and that's totally did. what the yeah the, uh, so Ver- there veronica cartwright yeah that that when she gets just sprayed with blood that was a very real reaction like, she had no idea yeah we were just talking about how you made it scarier for yourself by windy had to pee <laughs> Well, that's a lot of wine, Urinate! Like, Urinate! <laughs> so, I, I also have an exorcist story. Oh, yes. So, I think we all have an exorcist story. <laughs> or we all should. Um, I want to point out that Melissa has just killed the second, second bottle, bottle of, of wine, wine for the evening. Woo! And cheers to that. The exorcist came on TV... At a time when I was starting to become a movie geek, I had this book of like 500 movies you should watch. Okay. And I was literally going through the book going, I need to see that and The Shining and blah, 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 blah. And and The Exorcist was one of them. You know, 500 best movies of all time. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. So I'm like eight, nine years old, maybe. (laughs) 
Oh, First no. of all, who gave you a really? book of movies you should see at eight? My mother or my grandmother, or I may have bought it by myself. She was precocious. I had an allowance, and I bought shit like that Yeah, she myself. was definitely precocious. Anyway. I, 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 you have no idea. But, no, so, at this very early age, have I decided, I need to see The Exorcist, and it's coming, I, Channel 9 decided to <laughs> show The Exorcist, and in its horribly edited form, and I go, well... This is probably the only way I'm going to see it. So, well, my family at this point somehow had obtained one of these mini TVs. It was black and white. It was a cathode ray tube. The screen was, I don't know, maybe about four or five inches across. (laughs) The console itself was, you know, on one dimension, slightly larger than the screen. And then the rest of it was like a foot deep. And the thing (laughs) probably weighed about 30 pounds because it was this massive piece of electronics in the mid 80s. This little tiny black and white TV. (laughs) But it had a headphone port. So I had a pair of headphones for my Sony Walkman. (laughs) and i planned i plotted i knew i wouldn't be able to get to the wooden console tv in the basement (laughs) that night (laughs) and so i i plotted i stole the little tiny black and white tv that could get the local broadcast and did you feign illness oh i don't feel good i'm gonna go to my room i i went to bed and you know how kids, you know, you know in, in movies where they show kids reading under the covers with a flashlight? That was me. I was under the covers with this black and white TV <laughs> with headphones in <laughs> with the screen about three inches from my face. I'm going to point out that if you don't know, Melissa wears glasses. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't then. This might be why. <laughs> That's probably true. I didn't have glasses back then. So I have this, this TV <laughs> shoved in my face with earphones in under my covers at night in the dark and you can't call for help from your parents right watching the exorcist (laughs) the edited tv version of the exorcist but still watching the exorcist it's still terrifying yeah you've already mentioned superman and how he can save you yeah. Uh-huh. But um, I saw all of the superman movies and then I saw superman 3 and the power of the computer that can obviously take over a woman woman's body and make her into a robot zombie. Did this happen in Superman 3? The computer breaks down, the woman's inside the computer, and the computer takes over her body and attacks. I, I have to admit, I don't remember this because Superman 3 was such a piece of shit. It's, I wiped I it from agree. my it's really It's really obvious, but um, the whole idea of mechanics taking over people has terrified me. Well, since. yeah, that was a huge theme in the 70s anyway. With, um, but this, oh, what, but this, this was the 80s. But well, still. Demon Seed? Demon was, Seed. Oh, oh, you can totally oh, forget there, about that movie. There's a body invasion theme there. So yeah. not okay. Yeah, there's a lot that's not okay about Demon Seed. Anyway, especially the acting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so is that so you've Christie? got Yes. Oh. I know, is right? Is it really? I think yeah. it is. You can That's... look it up that we we're looking things up on IMDb all the time if you want to look it up. Uh, I can't believe that came out of my brain. So, so you're saying Superman 3 is your final what the hell was that? It ruined me. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I didn't sleep for weeks. Okay, for me? I was probably 7 when I saw it. Okay. Six or 7. I'm going to bring up Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, yeah, man. 
totally. Can you guess why? The child stealer. Exactly. Ah. The child snatcher. The the character design on that is way too fucking effective. And he comes out and he does a little hoppy skippy dance and he sings a little song and he's got a cart. It's like the fucking witch from Hansel and Gretel, right? He's got this cart that looks totally. like it's nothing but ice creams and lollipops. And then you go inside and you're in a fucking cage. And he's, oh, he's so creepy. So that's my final one is... Don't show your children chitty chitty bang bang unless you're right there to hold them while they cry. <laughs> oh my god. We showed it to our daughter when she was three. No, but she didn't get all the way through it. Mm. She got bored and stopped. And I was okay with that because I'm like, really? The child snatcher? I'm still bothered by him, honey. You're my little choochie face. Now that number I'm okay with. My <laughs> I got one. Okay, give, uh, us, give it to us. I was 12. This was 1987. And <clears throat> I was this, 17. And big movie nerd. I was time. 10. I was, yeah. So, anyway, so. Anyway, so I was 12, 1987. Exciting things were happening in movies, and I was a big movie nerd. Exciting things were happening for you all over the place. Oh, yeah. yeah totally. Totally. So, anyway, my I was at my dad's place, and my dad was hanging out with his friend, Ken. So, you know, I think Ken was a little bit younger than my dad, but, you know, definitely an adult. I was 12. And it got into the evening and Ken goes, I want to go see a movie. Do you want to go? And dad's going like, eh, nah, I don't really want, you know, my dad, I don't think my dad has gone to see a movie in the theater for the last 30 years. So I went, eh, not really. And Ken goes, do you want to go see a movie? And I go, Yeah. I love movies. I love movies. So Ken and I wind up going to Full Metal Jacket. Oh my god! (laughs) Are you kidding? I am not fucking kidding. Your dad let you go to Full Metal Jacket. I don't think he had any concept of what we were going to see. I really had. This was my first Stanley Kubrick movie. I had no idea. It's like. watch Joker kill himself in a bathroom and then I mean I'm gonna watch everybody beat the shit out of this poor mentally challenged man because he can't get his gun right oh my god (sighs) that was a little harrowing and yet there were a few other times I went out to see movies with Ken you know exact same situation Situation. that's also how I saw Jacob's Ladder oh Jesus (laughs) In the theater. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was being out, being taken out to see movies by a friend of the family who was like in his like twenty years old when I was thirteen. What did we go see? Real Genius. See. Oh, that's yeah. Dumb. See, yeah. that's no. okay. I have an admission to make. Um, mm. A a scarring. Not of myself, but of somebody else. Uh-oh. That is oh, what did you enable? I, I I was put in charge of my brother, youngest brother, and his friends. 
and one of his friends when okay, I was... Okay, and your youngest brother is eight years younger than you. Yeah, so I was 17. I was able to drive, so I had to be 17 or 18 years old. And I... So he would have been nine or ten. Yep. And they said, well, just take him to a movie. I'm like, okay, I'll take him to a movie. So what is at the theater but some probably early Jim Carrey thing or Aliens 3? <laughs> so I gave the boys the choice. Now, my prefer- my preference was to see Aliens, to be quite... No, it was Aliens 4, so so even worse. Oh, good God. Oh, my Aliens God. 4. Alien and Resurrection no, no, no. was... Yeah, it is Alien, uh, Aliens I will 4 defend that. I will defend and Aliens Resurrection more movie. than I will defend Yeah, Aliens, Aliens Resurrection is better than Aliens 3, but the difference uh, they is both have problematic. Much. I agree. You know, you know, Winona Ryder, whatever. Bar so, Winona um, Ryder. Anyway, my, my um, brother still... Oh, God. Hellboy. Talks about that. Ron, Ron Perlman. Ron yeah, Perlman's Ron totally in. Well, that's John. Yeah. That's... Resurrection. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Also, who directed that? Wasn't it? It was John Carreau. It yeah. was City oh, yeah. of Lost yeah. Children dudes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so, Drew. Your youngest brother, Drew. My youngest brother, I, I apologize. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I hope that it didn't scar you or cause you to sleep any less, any more than I did uh, after seeing E.T. You need to answer our questions. Oh, what's the questions? Okay, yes. so who are you? I am Christopher Jepson Bolsby. Is that your middle name? Mm-hmm. Really? Not many people know that. I, I didn't know that until now. Jepson is his mother's maiden name. That's yep. interesting. Very interesting. Wow. Um, okay, that's who I am. Hmm. Okay, also, he's my husband. That That's kind of, like, important. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah, and father of my child. Mm-hmm. Father, husband, cook, Apple employee. Yes. Yes. Okay, what do you do? I cook. I... You do computer stuff. Computer, I rely on I your computer a lot. I'm my wife's tech support. Yeah. Um, I teach people mm-hmm. how to use Apple computers and iPhones and iPads. Um, I am a photographer. I paint. You sing. I sing. We met doing a musical. That's true. I was Hecky the Cab Driver and Chorus Boy number two. Yeah. And you were Fanny Bryce and Funny Girl. It's true. In, in fact. Uh, but I haven't done a musical in a decade. Yeah, it's been that on long. The, on, the, on the short end. In fact, Monty and I met doing also a musical. Also doing a musical. It's yes. true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we were, were in, in Greece. Greece. I, was, I was Teen Angel and you were I was the teacher. The, I was the teacher. Yeah, yeah, what was her name? Anyway. I can't remember the name. Yeah. But, I don't remember, yeah, but we all know. the Fuddy Duddy teacher. Yeah, Fuddy okay. Duddy. Yes. All right. Coming at you without no time to think. What is in your dream pleasure dome? A uh, wine cooler. Like, no, a wine a wine fridge. Okay. A wine fridge. I was I was going to yeah. say bottles and yes. chains. Yeah. What's wrong no, with no. you? Um, a fresh roasted coffee. Okay. Oh, good. Every okay. day has to be roasted that morning. Seventy uh, percent dark chocolate. Belgian, mm. preferably. Ooh. Um, well chosen. That's Some it. really good headphones. Some okay. really good headphones. Good. Okay. And we need a pleasure dome recommendation. Something that you would say other people should enjoy. It doesn't have to be a movie. It can be anything. Um, well, I, I went straight to movie in my brain. I- Equilibrium. If you haven't seen Equilibrium. <laughs> <laughs> the movie that convinced that- us everybody... 
Holy shit, Christian Bale should play Batman. Um, yeah. It's Christian Bale, it's Sean Bean, um, it's a dystopian with... Tay Diggs. Tay Di- oh, Tay Diggs, he's so pretty. <laughs> he's so pretty! Um, uh, a dystopian, martial arts-ish. Gun katas. It makes abs- the fight sequences make absolutely no sense, but they're awesome. It is almost, it's almost exactly the same time as The Matrix. I think it was released direct-to-video. Um, anyway, uh, but it's very much influenced by that style of fight choreography. It's it's gorgeous, and it makes no sense, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's a movie you just watch and go with it. Yeah. All right, so that was my mm-hmm. husband, Chris Bowlesby, and he did answer all of our five questions. Why haven't you? You should answer our questions. All you have to do is go to the website, which is... XanaduCinema.com And there's a button, and you click it, and you can even answer more than once if you, like, answer and go, Oh, wait, no, what I meant to say was, click it again. Yeah. Totally. So this has been our episode about scarring experiences as children. <laughs> it's therapy. Oh, how movies so much have therapy. made us. Movies has made <laughs> movies have made us the people that we are today. It's true. Aliens are going to destroy us all. That or little mutant babies with claws. Vampires. See, all of us are terrified of different things. (laughs) So we hope that you'll join us next week here in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. And fuck bubble wrap, right? Yeah, fuck bubble wrap. We should all three say Ark in Space. Yes. One, two, three. Ark in Space! Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes are up every Thursday. You can find us at XanaduCinema.com and you can follow us on Twitter at XanaduCinema and on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. The big booming voice. The booming voice. Booming. The, the um, cadaverous snort. No, that wasn't. That wasn't what I meant. The halls of the cadaverous snort. <laughs> I, I think I might have wanted cavernous, but that doesn't sound any better. Cavernous, so, cadaverous. Similar, at least where Melissa's concerned. Ah. In the cavity.